again, dear ones. Reverend Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means it is time for the good news. That weekly look at the good news stories that often remind me of what a great place it is we live, all the amazing things that are going on in the world, and how you're a part of that as well. However, Unfortunately, tonight we uh, have to start on a little bit of a somber note. This is one of those segments we prefer not to do. However, tonight we open with an in-loving memory for Harry Belafonte, who made his transition from this earthly plane into the greater realms of beingness. Uh, he That happened on Tuesday, and the reason I wanted to do this is uh, I think many people forget what a great activist Harry Belafonte was for uh, social justice. Uh, it was May of 1963 as uh, civil rights demonstrators were rocking the city of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, that Harry was working uh, with Robert F. Kennedy in New York, who was then the Attorney General of the United States, and he was telling Kennedy, you're not doing enough. You don't live with us. You don't even visit our pain. Harry Belafonte had many frank and heated discussions with Kennedy. In fact, the singer, actor, and activist was on intimate terms with many pivotal figures of the civil rights era. He was a confidant and advisor to Martin Luther King Jr., uh, allied with Ahmed Sekou Touré, the president of Guyana. He funded the grassroots activists of the Student Nonviolent Coordination Committee as that organization battled Jim Crow, and he brought a delegation of Hollywood stars to the March on Washington. Again, he died on Tuesday at the age of 86. The civil, uh, civil rights leader, Martin Luther King Jr., called Belafonte in 1956 during the Montgomery bus boycott, and soon enough, Belafonte was part of the movement itself. He uh, embraced King and supported King's movement. Uh, he spoke for the movement and uh, continued to chide Bobby Kennedy as well as John F. Kennedy to do more. I think one of the highlights of his career was in 1968. He got to host The Tonight Show for a week. He was a black man that was unheard of at the time, and he used the platform to illuminate black perspectives and spotlight social justice issues. His guests did include Martin Luther King Jr., uh, who was just about to launch his Poor People's Campaign, and Kennedy himself, who Belafonte urged to start the presidential campaign. It's a somber night in America, folks. We've lost a great social justice activist, and what we know is his legacy lives on and his spirit lives on, and people will and we will carry on his memory far into the future. All right, let's get back to some of our normal programming with the good news here on New Thought Media Network. Now, we get a lot of our stories over at goodnewsnetwork.org. This next story is no exception. We encourage you to go over and visit them at thegoodnewsnetwork.org. Give them some love and attention they deserve. Last week, we reported heavily on Earth Day. And here we are a week later. Let's just say it this way. Every day needs to be Earth Day. Earth Day never ends. And so this is now our weekly reminder 
least for this week, of what we can do uh, to support Earth Day and uh, support the Earth as it is. And this one is free device recycling. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had to recycle a lot of electronic waste over the years. And it's always a real challenge to find a local uh, outlet that will take electronic recycling. And when you find one that does, well, most of it ends up just being shipped off to landfills in the other side of the planet and doing more harm than good. America, we have a bad habit of being out of sight, out of mind, especially when it comes to electronic recycling. Well, good news. You can find more and more companies that are recognizing the need to be part of the solution, including Apple, including uh, companies like Google, Staples. Uh, Staples recycles a lot of different devices. Walmart gad uh, turns gadgets into gift cards. PC Magazine also reports that Best Buy actually has one of the best programs going on. They'll accept up to three different items a day uh, and you can come back day after day. Now, all of these companies have different rules and regulations uh, based on where they are in the country, what state you are in. Uh, but they're all working to do something. So here's the call to action. Please, next time you have devices that need to be recycled, don't throw them in the trash. Call your local Walmart. Call your local Best Buy. Call your local Staples. Call your call Google. Well, I know you can't call Google, but use Google. If it's an Apple product, contact your Apple store and find out how we can recycle those devices. All right, let's keep going today with another great story. Now, we've reported on the use of seaweed and other uh, what are known as invasive species in the past. And tonight we've got two great stories about different ways that people are using sargassum. Now, it's, this is an invasive seaweed. Uh, it's been turning up in the Caribbean uh, in recent years. And a group of scientists have uh, in the UK have actually made a breakthrough. This was at the University of Leeds in the United Kingdom. Kieran Reed and his colleagues were looking in what they could do with this stuff. And they realized that they could add it to mix with some acid and salt and some other chemicals. And it became a plastic wrap. You know, that stuff that's on everything and you can't recycle it. You can't do anything with it. Uh, see, th this seaweed sargassum is made up of a long chain of molecules similar to those found in conventional plastic wraps. So they start testing this stuff and realize that, number one, it, can, it will decompose within about two to three weeks compared to well over a year for traditional plastic wrap. And it can help hold together in temperatures up to 450 degrees Fahrenheit, also more than in traditional plastic wrap, which melts it at a lower temperature than that. Uh, really, this has the potential to change everything uh, along the, the uh, in, along the entire supply chain, uh, and it only needs to be able to. Uh, one last test they're working on is uh, how to produce this at mass scale. Uh, I didn't know this. Traditional plastic is formed into sheets by being blown into huge bubbles. Uh, so they need to find out if they can do that. <laughs> but however, seaweed is incredibly versatile and countries around the world are testing out this material for all types of application. 
Our next story is exactly that. This one comes to us from Mexico, uh, where the sargasm was uh, sarcasm was being uh, was really hindering the beaches in Cancun. And the gentleman in the picture there is Omar Omar Sanchez. What he did was uh, he started a company to uh, employ local folks to clean up the sargasm. And then rather than dump it into landfills, he built a kiln and now makes adobe-like blocks. These blocks uh, re- pass regulations for as building material. So it's a construction brick that he's making. Uh, the company is, is called Sarga Block. And he started that to market the bricks. And it's be, this company is now being highlighted by the United Nations Developmental Program. Uh, they call it a stroke of brilliance and a sustainable solution to a current environmental problem. Uh, this all started for him back in 2015. Uh, great work being done there. Kudos to you, Omar. I love it. So Seaweed. See, folks, with a little bit of ingenuity... Anything that might seem like a problem, we just got to look for the good that's inherent within it. That's pure new thought for you right there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Rev. Robert. This is the good news on a Friday night. We're going to take a quick break, say hello to a couple of our sponsors, but please stay with us. We'll be back with more in just a moment. birthday camp cedar ridge we invite you to come camp and celebrate our first year while in sacred service may 19th through the 21st we'll be restoring our beloved meditation labyrinth come camp with us for the weekend and all we'll ask you to cover are the meals vegetarian vegan and gluten-free options are available That's the weekend of Friday, May 19th to Sunday, May 21st. You can bring your own tent or act fast and register for one of our glamping tents or bunkhouse beds while supplies last. We do have limited indoor accommodations for an additional fee. Find more details and registration at CampCedarRidgeOR.org slash lab. My name is Ricky Byers, and I want you to know that I'm coming to Albuquerque, New Mexico for a concert on April 29th, and it's going to be off the chain. So invite your in-laws, your outlaws, invite everybody. Have everybody come.
we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Happens every Friday evening. Thanks for being with us, folks. Thanks for being part of what we're doing here and sharing the word, sharing the love with people from around the world. Our next story tonight comes to us uh, from a, a paper that was presented at the American Heart Association's Epidemiology, Prevention, Lifestyle, and Cardiometabolic Health Scientific Sessions. Yeah, say that one three times fast. This all happened in Boston, Massachusetts. And what they found is for the elderly population, an extra 500 steps a day significantly, we're talking 12% significantly, lowers the risk of heart disease. Now, a lot of studies focus on uh, folks in the middle age and, and younger and, and such, where they all say, we got to take 10,000 steps a day, or can you get 15,000 steps a day? Well, they're finding that in our older years, uh, as many as two to four and a half thousand steps a day can really do great work. And if you can get up over uh, and take that an extra 500, so if you go from 4,000 to 4,500, you get a much lower risk of heart disease. You know, folks, it's real simple. All we got to do is get out there and be active, uh, move around a little bit and uh, get our steps in. Uh, not a hard thing to do for most people. If you are mobility challenged, then we're going to find another solution for you. For most of us, those good health habits start now. So uh, let's everybody make a pledge this week. How about an extra 500 steps a day above and beyond what your average is? I think that'll go a long way for all of us. Hey, here at the New Thought Media Network, we really do love to focus on and highlight show uh, stories of people that are going above and beyond, especially when it comes to human rights. And our next two stories are just that uh, people in power doing good for the trans population in America. On Thursday, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly vetoed a slate of anti-trans bills that was passed by a Republican-dominated legislature. Uh, one bill seeks to ban trans people from using bathrooms and other public facilities that align with their gender identity. Another attempts to ban gender-affirming care for trans use. A third would ban trans students from rooming with cis students on overnight school trips. And a fourth would require trans prisoners to be housed based on their sex assigned at birth. All of these are recognized as completely uh, worthless ideas, uh, do more harm than good. And I want to give uh, Senator uh, Governor Kelly a, a big shout out. Now, some of these might get turned over uh, and get an override and we might have to keep fighting. However, I think uh, Governor Kelly made one of the greatest statements when she said discrimination of any kind has no place in Kansas. It will not be tolerated. Kudos to you, Governor. Good job. And our next story comes out of the U.S. Navy. Uh, now, recently, a few Republican congressmen and senators have been uh, uh, making some statements because of the gentleman on the right here. That's Lieutenant Audrey Knudsen. Uh, Audrey read a poem on a ship and, uh, people said, uh, the, the, uh, some pundits decided they wanted to take that, make it into an issue of why our Navy is, uh, is weak. 
well, that didn't sit well uh, with uh, the general here, and uh, I just lost his name. I'm sorry, Admiral Admiral Mike Gilday uh, stood up and said, "It's not how it works, folks." Uh, he went. Uh, he said, uh, "I hope we train our officers to." Pro Whoop. Uh, here it is. Admiral Gilday said, "I'll tell you why I'm particularly proud of this sailor." Her grandfather served during World War II, and he was gay, and he was ostracized in this very institution that she now only joined and is proud to be a part of. But she volunteered to deploy on Ford, that's the ship, and will be again in the next few months. Sir, we ask people from all over the country, from all walks of life, from all, all different backgrounds to join us, and that it's the job of a commanding officer to build a cohesive team. That little trust that a commanding officer develops across that unit is to be has to be grounded in dignity and respect. Transgender people have been allowed to openly serve in the U.S. Army forces since 2021, uh, when President Joe Biden's Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin ended the previous administration's ban on trans people in the military. Congratulations to you both. Good work standing up and saying what needed to be said. Trans rights are human rights. And folks, I tell you, it just takes one. That's part of what we believe in New Thought. It just takes one person to speak truth. It just takes one person to stand up and speak the truth. And the whole world begins to change. Good job, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, I'm not sure how Knudsen uh, identifies there. It was unclear in the original article. Hey, here's a fun story. Uh, an internet, an art lecturer and collector uh, from Singapore recently was able to re reunite a family with lost World War II material memorabilia uh, and had bought them at auction. So uh, here's what happens. 39-year-old Wesley uh, Aruzu bid on a collection of antique stamps, postcards, and other articles that included an unmarked set of booklets which he eventually discovered belonged to a pair of laborers in Nazi Germany. He went on an adventure using the internet and other, and other, uh, other leads to find the, uh, the original laborers' families and uh, track down the checks. Now, the immigration paper, within all of this, there were some immigration papers, uh, and they were able to track these folks back to Australia and their family uh, and reunited them with their long-lost ancestors' uh, proof of what they had done and, and who they were. Good news stories all abound. I love it. All right, folks, we're going to take another quick break. Let a couple more of our sponsors say hello and thank you. But don't go away. We're going to be back with more good news right here in just a couple moments. Stay tuned.
Thought Media Network is on the rise. We're looking to grow with you. Do you have technical media experience or perhaps a desire to learn? Are you willing to volunteer your precious time and attention? We share this message to benefit all. If you possess a computer with a camera and a microphone, we will share our knowledge with you. Behind the scenes or being the star, let us bless our one. Contact us at info at ntmedia.org. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors and donors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown Atlanta, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, Center for Spiritual Living North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, Center for Spiritual Living Seattle, and all of our individual donors and sponsors. Thank you for being a part of the New Thought Media Network. Please come be you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our organizational donors and committed sponsors. We love you. You are amazing. Folks, if you'd like to become part of the New Thought Media Network family, please head over to our website, ntmedia.org. Click on the donate button and add, uh, make your donation a monthly donation. doesn't matter how much. Uh, just make it a commitment to yourself to support us in getting this message out across the planet. And uh, we'll add your name to the next version of the thank you video as well. All right, let's get back into it. This is the good news. And as is custom, our third story our third segment is filled with stories that are heartwarming and memorable. I want to introduce you to Megan Martin and uh, Saxy. Saxy is, is the horse's name here. Uh, you're going to love this story. Megan, when she was a teenager, met Saxy as she was trained to be a racehorse and was worked with her as a trainer. Uh, Saxy did go along to win a few thousand dollars, but in racehorse winnings, that's not all that much. And so Saxy wasn't put out to pasture. She was sold. Uh, and often, I didn't know this, but retire, retired equine athletes in America are often sold to the Amish communities. Uh, they use them to pull plows and buggies. And uh, after a number of years of service to the Amish, Soxie was in, involved in an accident, uh, left her unable to do the work she was doing. Uh, and this time she wasn't put out to pasture. She was sold for slaughter. Uh, however, it was around this time that Martin, who had uh, Megan, who had grown up, and was working full-time at the Red Lion Farm in Gray, Maine. 
uh, was scrolling through social media and saw the brand on the horse's neck, realized that this was one of the horses she worked with as a, as a teenager and started to do uh, what she does. Uh, her friend and owner of the Red Lion, Kendra Gorham, uh, decided to uh, they needed to bring Saxy home and that they couldn't just let her end up in slaughter. So they split the cost, raised some money, and raised some and got some supply donations, set off to Pennsylvania and brought the horse back to Maine within 48 hours of reaching out into their community. Actually, they were able to bring the horse home. People donated blankets, brushes, food, boots. Uh, the poor horse had no shoes on her feet and her even and her thins had worn uh, smooth and thin. People were incredibly generous with their energy and their money and their time, said Martin. Uh, Saxe now works for Megan as one of her horses for an equine-assisted psychotherapy program uh, that she runs, which is for humans suffering from trauma and PTSD. Good work, Megan. Congratulations, Saxe, on, stay, on staying with us. Hey, here's our another great one. I want to introduce you to Lucy Humphreys. That's Lucy in the chair there. Uh, she had was told she had about five years left to live and that the odds of finding a donor were about one in 22 million. Uh, Lucy decided she would spend time on a beach and she and her partner had taken their dogs, Jake and Indy, to a, a beach island for the day. Now, Indy, one of the dogs, and that the, the dark-colored dog there, kept running off to a stranger and would not leave the other person alone. Uh, Lucy said Indy went over there four or five times, back and forth. She was minding her own business, and eventually they went over to apologize and got started chatting with the person. And now you know where this goes, right? After a few hours of enjoying a barbecue and getting to know each other, uh, it turns out that the stranger turned out to be Katie James. Uh, when Lucy mentioned the fact she couldn't drink alcohol as she was on dialysis, Katie revealed she had recently joined the kidney donation registry to make an altruistic donation. They swapped phone numbers and yes, Blood tests and scans confirmed uh, that this woman uh, was uh, a match for Lucy. Uh, one in a $22 million chance that transplant did take place in October of 22. Katie, Lucy, and everyone involved have remained friends. Uh, they have uh, and the uh, donations that they received. Uh, they created a group chat that they called the Kidney Gang. Great story. I reminds me of the book uh, "Racing in the Ra uh, Racing" uh, the race car "Racing in the Rain." Uh, our human, our animal pets have so much more that they know of. Hey, our last story of the night. It's our new segment, our hero of the week. Thank you to our dear producer, Diego, for making sure everything runs properly around here. Uh, Nurse Katrina Mullen is pictured here. She cared for a 14-year-old teenage mom of premature triplets. Sharia Small is the mother's name. 
Uh, what uh, now, as a fourteen-year-old, a mother of four, a fourteen-year-old mother, I can't imagine uh, that alone. Let alone recognizing you're having trip triplets. Uh, but it turns out that Mullen herself was a teenage mom uh, and was uh, had her first pregnancy at 16. Uh, and what Mullen recognized was that this family was going to get broken up. Uh, Child Protective Services notified that Small and her kids would be separated and put into foster care. So Mullen acted fast. I didn't even think it through, she said. Everybody in my life thought I was insane, and I probably was at that point, but I would not let her be separated from them. She keeps the family together by op, by uh, um, by adopting the 14-year-old and thereby adopting her children as well. Yes, there was a GoFundMe set up. Uh, yes, it did raise over $80,000 to get this family started. And dear Katrina Mullen is our hero of the week for saving this family. Thank you, Katrina. Good work there. Hey, Folks, if you have a good news story you'd like to share with us, please send it on over. Good news at ntmedia.org. We'd love to hear from you. And please stay tuned. In just a half an hour, Reverend Michael Mangus is up with the Fireside Chat, Friday Night Fireside Chat. Plan to join us for that as well. I'm Rev. Robert. I'm going to get out of here for now. Until next time, I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now. <laughs>